The man who attempts to keep the commandments of God from a sense of obligation merely because he's required to do so will never enter into the joy of obedience. He does not obey. When the requirements of God are considered a burden because they cut across human inclination, we may know that the life is not a Christian life. True obedience is the outworking of a principle within. It springs from the love of righteousness, the love of the law of God. The essence of all righteousness is loyalty to our Redeemer. This will lead us to do right because it is right, because right doing is pleasing to God. Christ Object Lessons, page 97, paragraph 3. God is good and all the time. Good evening, everyone. I welcome you to this place where God is present to bless us with a revelation of light. Can you say amen? You know, the Bible presents Christ as three things. He's light, he's life, and he's love. Now, he is merciful, and he's long-suffering, and he is forgiving, but he is light. He is life, and he is love. Can you say amen? amen. Give me those three L's again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is those. And Christ is present in the person of the... Holy Spirit to reveal light because light is life. John 1 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Can you say amen for Jesus? I look forward to seeing him. See what he looks like. There are people who've seen him. And I sometimes say, Father, I wish I could dream about Jesus. I have dreamt about important people or celebrities. I have. I won't name them. But I say, Father, let me dream about Jesus. Even if I'm somewhere behind the rock watching him, let me dream that I saw Jesus and heard the music of his voice delivering the Sermon on the Mount. How are you? You hesitated. How are you? Did you have a good day? Did you pray? How many times? Twice. <laughs> that high priest said twice. <laughs> okay. What does the Bible say? Pray without ceasing. And that's no joke. That's not symbolic language. Pray without ceasing means keep your mind always where? In heaven. Your feet on the earth, but your mind in heaven. Mm -hmm. Anyone present who is not a Seventh-day Adventist, may I see your hand? You are not a Seventh-day Adventist. Oh, yes, okay. My good brother, are you going to spell your name again tonight? No, okay. Good to have you. We love consistency. And you're wearing a blue shirt. In the Bible, blue is the color of obedience. That's good. I have no blue, but well, okay. Uh, anybody else? You're not a Seventh-day Adventist? I believe we have some guests online wherever you are. Thank you very much for joining us. And may the good Lord bless you, the generous God. God loves to give. Nobody said amen. He can also take. Are you with me? Let me try it again. God loves to give. All right. He gives life. He can take it. Always acknowledge God. You see this finger? You see that? You cannot do that without God. This requires muscular contraction, which requires all kinds of micro steps that happen in microseconds to do that. 
to blink, you need God. Because there's physical laws that are required for you to blink. Are you listening to me? That's why the Bible says, in him we live, come on, and move, come on, and have our being. And that's no joke. You walked into this building by the power of God. The Bible says of Christ the creator and upholding all things by the word of his power. All things. So I welcome you. I welcome those online. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Our subject for this evening, please answer question two. What did I say? Please answer question two. What was our subject on Sabbath morning? Get out of the way. Sabbath afternoon. Coming and going. Sunday evening. What? By the people yesterday and tonight. Oh, <laughs> noise. <laughs> it's not whatever I say. I told you. What did I say? Please answer question two. All right. Before I jump into that, let me again thank God for the honor of being with you. I really mean that. People write me all the time. How is the crusade in Florida? And I said, fine, fine. We're a small group, but they love the word. Did I say the right thing? All right, they love the word, and they are enthusiastic about the word, and that makes me very, very excited. Where two or three are gathered together in my name. Finish it. There am I. We're in the midst. We have to believe without seeing that God is in the midst of us. We thank God, and we love him. If you're not using one of these, please turn it off. If you're using it, turn off the volume. Favor number two, while I'm speaking, pray for me and say, Lord, put your words in that man's mouth. That is based on Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 9. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. And God knows I desire to speak his words. Favor number three, think. Isaiah 1.18, what does that say? Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. God requires his children to think. The Christian should be more clear-minded than any other person on the face of the earth. Because we have the assistance of the spirit of truth. Let me say it again. The child of God, not just the church member. Not all church members are children of God. Are you with me? It was church members who said, crucify him. It was church members Christ was addressing when he said, ye are of your father the devil. So I said, children of God, not just church members, should have the clearest minds on earth why we have the assistance of the spirit of truth. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thanks again for the joy of coming into your presence. It's not only a joy, it is a privilege day, God. And through Christ, we come more closely than even angels right this very moment. Through Christ. And we thank you to God for that high and holy honor. Look into us now, God. Whatever you see you don't like, forgive us. Remove it, dear God, with the detergent of the blood of your Son that removes the stubborn stains. Father, I humble myself before you and ask you to use me as you see fit. I offer no resistance. Put your ideas in my mind, your words in my mouth, the humility of Christ in my heart. Father, bless those who are listening wherever they are. Touch them with truth, dear God, and let that truth like an electrical current electrocute them to life. 
Father. Let your angels protect us as we worship you. Pour out a special blessing on all our guests, wherever they are. Bless every country that's tuned in now, I pray, Father. Guide the deliberations of the leaders that their decisions may allow the gospel to go forward. Touch the sick, dear God, I pray. And give a sweet blessing to all the children watching. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us go to Genesis 1. We shall read from verse 26. It is now roughly five minutes to eight. I'll release you a little past 8.30. Is that okay? Say amen. All right. What book did I say? Genesis, what chapter? One, reading what verse? 26. Who wrote Genesis? Moses. Now, who in the Bible accepts that as a fact? The highest authority in the Bible accepts Moses as Jesus Christ himself. Yes. And God said, let us make man, how? In our image, after our likeness. Stop. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Now, pause. That statement, because we have a carnal nature, is a direct attack on the way we think. Because of sin, another image was introduced in Genesis 5, reading verse 3. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image. We had two images then, the image of God and the image of Satan. I didn't say the image of Adam, the image of Satan. The rebellious image did not originate with Adam, it originated with Satan. And the servant of the Lord tells us there is no enmity between Satan and the sinner because both are rebels against God. Let me say it again a little more nicely. <laughs> but I can't. I have to say it bluntly. The devil and the sinner are the same. The only difference is he has more power to do evil than human sinners do. But the mindset is the same, which is rebellion against God. That's why when Christ comes, the devil and sinners will end up where? The same place. Because they are spiritually the same thing. Genesis 126, and God said, let us make man in our image. Which means God's job description for Adam and Eve and their descendants was reflect me. How often? In everything you do. The universe was to look at them and see God at all times, even as people saw God in Christ at all times, because Christ said, I do always those things that please him. Let us make man in our image. That's your purpose on this earth. Glorify me. And that was the only purpose God gave them. Insofar as the divine record, in the heavens do what? Declare the glory of God. That's God's character. Isaiah 6 verse 3, the whole earth is full of his glory. Heaven, his glory. 7. Isaiah is called the gospel prophet because he speaks so much about Jesus Christ. Isaiah 43, 6 and 7. This is a prophecy about Jerusalem restored or Israel restored, not only physically 
practical Israel back then, but it also points to the restoration of God's people when Jesus Christ comes back. When you found it, say amen. Read with me. I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the... That's right. Verse 47, even everyone that is called by my name. Carefully now, for I have created him for my glory. Stop. What's the answer to the question? Why am I here? For the glory of God. Now this is mentioned elsewhere in the Bible. You can recite 1 Thessalonians, 1 Corinthians 10.31 very easily. Whether therefore, ye eat, come on, or drink, uh-huh. Or whatsoever ye do, pause. What is included in whatsoever ye do? Everything. God put it on the hearts of the Egyptians slaves who were escaping the Egyptians gave them money <laughs> this makes no sense you don't give money to escaping slaves you give it to the slave catchers God is at work and sometimes God has the world doing things for the benefit of God's children and the world is not even aware of what it's doing Go to Daniel 1. Here's another prisoner. And God was with him and with Shadrach. Well, I hate Shadrach, Mish I like Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Because those names are connected to God. Shadrach, Mishael, and Abednego are connected to Babylonian gods. But you can say whatever you like. Now, let's read verse 9. What does that say? Now God had brought Daniel into what? Favor and tender love with the keeper of the prison. Or the eunuch, sorry. Mm. God brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the eunuch, the prince of the eunuch. That prince of the eunuch risked his life to grant Daniel his wish. Give us 10 days. He risked, because Nebuchadnezzar did not rule by committee. He was a one, he was despotic. He was cruel. He regenerated, uh, Daniel 5, verse 18 to 19, whom he would, he slew. Whom he would, he kept alive. That's the way he was. In verse 10, the, keeper of the, prince, uh, the, the prince of the eunuchs told Daniel, you will make me endanger my head to the king. Look at the end of verse 10. Daniel 1. He was risking, but he was risking his life under the impetus of the Spirit of God who moved upon him to cooperate with Daniel. Because Daniel's purpose was the glory of God. That's why he said in verse 8, and, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuch that he might not defile himself. And God put it on the heart of that man to cooperate with the prisoner. Daniel understood, I'm in Babylon for the glory of God. Let us go to Gen uh, Dan uh, Daniel chapter 3. Let's see what was the purpose for these three boys, Daniel's companions. Daniel 3, you know the story. You bow or you burn to crisp. 
Verse 16, after Nebuchadnezzar spoke to the three boys, Shadrach, Mishkan, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom he serve will what? Deliver us out of the? And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. Verse 18, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now by saying we will not serve thy gods, what are they saying? We will serve our God, not yours. Even at the risk, come on, of our lives. No wonder Revelation 2 verse 10 says, Be thou faithful unto death. Not be thou faithful unto diabetes. Or hypertension. Mm -mm. Be thou faithful unto death. And until you're willing to die for God, God is not first in your life. He could be close, but not first. You see, Christ was willing to die for us. Because we were uppermost in his mind. We must be willing to die for him. If he's uppermost in our minds. And so those three Hebrew boys said, If not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy... There is something powerful about speaking out loud. Are you following me? I think I told you last night, when God made the earth, he didn't think it. He said it. And I know he didn't whisper. When he raised Lazarus, John eleven forty three, and when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. There's a power in a, you know, policemen are, are trained to use a command voice. Mm. Step out of the car. Do this, a command voice. We must use the command voice sometimes. When you're tempted, you say out loud, in the name of Jesus Christ, hmm? by the power of his shed blood, I will not do that. You'll be surprised the power that will come to you as you walk away from the thing tempting you. You don't stand there next to it in the name of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? God described Job. He eschewed if he avoided. But there's something to be said for speaking out, I will not do that. You get home tonight. Your first urge is to get on the iPad, social media. You say in the name of Jesus Christ, I will not go on internet for the next half an hour until I pray and read God's word. You'll be surprised what will happen. You'll have a testimony tomorrow night. Those three boys told Nebuchadnezzar in the presence of everyone. But if not, we will not serve thy God, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up now. Go to verse 28 as we continue. Please answer question 2. Verse 28, Daniel 3. What does that say? Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said what? Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Come on, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants who? Pause now. Read the next statement. Trusted in him, yes, go on. And have? Ah, stop. What did, the, what did the angel do? Change the king's word. Now, what was the king's word? They must burn. What was God's word? Uh-uh. No way. Are you getting the power of that statement? The greatest power on earth then was Nebuchadnezzar in the world of the Bible. 
But there was a greater power in heaven, you see. Because the most high, come on, ruleth, come on, tell me, in the kingdom of men. Nebuchadnezzar said, you've got to burn. The Bible says, God, change that word. Tell God, change the word of your supervisor. But remember, they were God's people. Because God is not an ATM machine. You stick a card, get something, and walk away. Mm -mm. God is not a lottery machine. He's a God who must be the God of your life. And when those three boys stood up for God, God changed the word of Nebuchadnezzar, and he had no choice. Daniel 6, the law of the Medes and the Persians, tell me about it. It cannot be changed. Are you with me? The laws of the Medes and the Persians cannot be changed. So when Darius sealed it with his seal and with the signet of his lords, that the thing concerning Daniel might not be changed. But God sent an angel and shut the lion's mouth and changed a law that does not change. Why? Because Daniel realized he was on this earth for the glory of God. I was in Nigeria, just came back last Wednesday, talking to a young lady. She was doing a degree, and they wanted her to do, I think, a final exam on Sabbath. She said no. They wouldn't budge, so she never got the degree. Is Calvary a sacrifice, yes or no? Do we have to make sacrifices? Yeah. You may have to sacrifice that degree. You may have to sacrifice a romance because I will not get involved with that man or that woman. Contrary to, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. I will not do it. So I'll live a single woman or a single man because the glory of God means more to me than companionship with human beings. You're looking at me, but do you understand what I'm saying? Even my life has to be set aside for the glory of God. Because when Jesus died, his father was glorified. Are you with me? Please answer question two. Why are you on this earth? You tell me. That's the theoretical response. Is that the practical reality? Don't answer me. Anything that belongs to God, God can manage. God has never mismanaged anything. Let me say it again. I heard one positive response. God has never mismanaged anything. And if you give your life to God, he will manage it successfully. He will lift you above this world, above the heights, so that those around you will wonder and marvel and be shocked, surprised at what God has done for you. But your life must be lived for God. Jesus, when he came to this earth, that's the way he lived. He said, I came not to do my own will, but the will of the Father, which have sent me, John 6, 38, and elsewhere in the Bible. I did not come for my own will, but for the will of God that sent me. The life of Christ is an example of the life the Israelites should have lived. In the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. The very life Christ lived is what God required of the Israelites. They never lived it. Christ came and he said, watch this. 
and you live the life. He requires that life now of spiritual Israel. Anyone from spiritual Israel in this building? No, I am. God bless. Do you realize if you're in Christ, you're a spiritual Israelite? Why didn't you raise your hand? What do you think you were, a North Korean? You are a spiritual Israelite. How many spiritual Israelites are in this building tonight? All right, okay, okay, now come on, repent to God. Let's look at Christ. What did he say about himself? Go to Matthew 20, read verse 28 as quickly as possible. It is now 26 minutes after, no, 24, after 8. I'll release you a little after 8.30. Matthew 20, thanks for checking, verse 28. Let me pray again. Fathers, I continue. Please be with me, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I really mean that. God will be with me. You know, every preacher has a carnal nature. Are you with me? The carnal nature loves attention. And so preachers have to be careful. Am I glorifying God or me? You may think it's God, but it's really you. So what I reckon for me, a preacher has to be careful all the time in the pulpit. Am I really glorifying God or me? Matthew 20, verse 28. When you have it, read with me. What does that say? Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Christ said, I did not come for people to do things for me. I came to do things for them. Servant. That's our example. These words are not symbolic. Which means they are. Why do you hesitate? Those words are not symbolic. I came to serve, not to be served. They are literal. Mm -hmm. Most of the Bible actually is literal. But we tend to read it as though most of it is revelation. Symbolic. So when we read, pray without ceasing, oh, that's symbolic. No, it's literal. It didn't say kneel without ceasing. It said pray without ceasing. Keep your mind. And so Christ said, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom. Give his life a ransom for many. Let's look at Christ living that out even in the final moments of his life. Thinking of others. Let's go to John 19. We'll read 26, 27. John 19, our subject, please answer question two, which is why am I here? You have John 19. John is my second favorite book of the Bible. Genesis is the first. <laughs> That's the, not, the natural question, which is the first, Genesis. What's your favorite book of the Bible? John, that's a good book. All right, John 19, 26, 27. When Jesus, therefore, come on, saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, What woman? Behold, thy what is Christ doing while hanging on the cross? Providing home for his mother because he knows he can no longer do that. By the way, Christ had four brothers. He gave his mother to John. Spiritual bonds are stronger than biological bonds. Uh,
listening okay <clears throat> there are people who've accepted this adventist message and have been persecuted by their families and church members had to take them in mm-hmm because spiritual bonds in the time of persecution family members will tell the authorities where family members are hiding Adam was seduced by his wife to sin are you with me Cain killed Abel Rebecca deceived Isaac Sarah told Abraham sleep with Hagar Judas betrayed Christ Absalom attacked David mm -hmm. spiritual bonds and the closest spiritual bond in the Bible, as I can say, David and Jonathan. The Bible says their two souls were knit together. And Jonathan took David's side because Jonathan knew God had chosen David. On the basis of spiritual reality, Jonathan and David were knit together, even though Saul was Jonathan's biological kin. There's no choice in biology. Are you with me? You open your eyes, you have a brother. You have no choice. There's choice in spiritual connections. And so Jesus told the woman, his mother, Behold thy son. Then said he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that day, that disciple took her unto his own home. What is Christ doing while on the cross suffering in pain? He is caring about his mother. Why? Because he came to minister. Let us go to Luke 23. Verse 34. Luke 23, verse 34. You have that. What does that say then? Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Pause. Let's look at that carefully and see how heavy that was. What did Jesus say? Father, come on, forgive them. But what is forgiveness? Let's go to Colossians 1. What is forgiveness? Colossians 1. We read from 13. Our subject, please answer question two. Colossians 1, reading from verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the kingdom of? And hath, and hath translated us into the king from the power of darkness. And hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, verse 14 says what? In whom we have redemption through his blood. Now read the next statement. E, which means redemption and forgiveness are the same thing. Because a forgiven person cannot be lost. Please. Are you with me? Look at 14 again. In whom we have what? Redemption, come on, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sin is no different from redemption. It is no different from justification. Now, keep this in mind. What was Jesus saying when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do? What was he saying? Save them. He's on the cross. He'd been beaten, punched. At one point, they blindfolded him, struck him, and said, tell us, who hit you? Mm -hmm. They spat in his face. 
He was so weak he collapsed twice. Simon of Cyrene had to assist him to carry the cross. He's nailed, he's bleeding from the feet, the hands, the crown of thorns. In all his agony, he cares for his mother. He prays for those causing the agony. He does not need 10 years for closure. Closure went over your head. Have you ever heard people who want closure? 20 years, I need closure because my wife divorced me. I need closure. Now, I'm not being disrespectful. Let me tell you something. Genuine forgiveness brings closure. That's why when God forgives, he does what? Casts our sins where? That's closed case. Closed. Genuine forgiveness brings closure. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Save them in my kingdom. The people doing whatever they're doing to me, save them. Look at Stephen when he was being stoned. He said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. He was just like his Savior. Lay not their stoning him. He's alive. He's feeling the stones that hit his head, his neck, his mouth, his nose. But he says, save them. That's a converted person. Christ on the cross. Praying for his crucifiers. Right here. It's uh, 20, 31 minutes to past 8. I won't mention 9. It's 31 minutes past 8. Are you with me? Father in heaven, I'm coming to the end. Continue to pour out your spirit upon me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him saying, If thou be Christ, what? Save thyself and us. Next verse. But the other answering him rebuked him saying dost not thou fear God seeing we are in the same condemnation and we indeed justly but this man had done nothing amiss and he said unto Jesus what Lord remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom Jesus saith unto him what verily I say unto thee today thou shalt be with me in power what is Jesus doing saving someone even while he was hanging on the cross now in his agony, he provides housing for someone else. In his agony, he prays for someone else. In his agony, he saves someone else. What did he ask for himself? Go to John 19. John 19, that's where he gave his mother to John and John to his mother. In the very next verse, verse 28 of John 19, what did Jesus do for himself on that cross? After this, Jesus what? Now knowing, knowing that all things were accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, he said what? I thirst. All he wanted was a glass of water. You see, heavy bleeding leads to dehydration. Are you listening to me? All he wanted may have a glass of water. And he didn't get it. He didn't get it. His mother got a home. The crucifiers got a prayer. The thief on the right got salvation. All Christ said, I'm thirsty.
Can I have a thimble of water? I didn't get it. Ah, serving God requires sacrifice of the deepest kind but the eternal rewards are great are you with me one day after three days Christ rose from the grave are you with me and the Bible says behold he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him one day Pilate will be raised to see him come and Herod, and Caiaphas, and Annas, and those who were directly involved in his unjust crucifixion and condemnation. When he said, you'll see me coming in the clouds, they will see him. And they will know they all had a chance to do what was right. My brothers and my sisters, it is not a symbolic statement when the Bible says, we were created for the glory of God. There are two questions you must ask when making decisions. Listen carefully. One, how will this glorify God? Two, how will others be blessed? Look at the Ten Commandments. The first four show our duty to whom? The next six, our duty to? Which commandment shows your duty to you? Which one tells you to love you? You tell me, I'll listen. I'll learn. Which one says, love you? Now, you may say, do I neglect myself? What's the answer? No. You make the most of yourself. But why? Come on. For the glory of God first and for the blessing of others. Jesus said in John eight twenty nine, And he that hath sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things, always, that please Him. Christ's first urge pleased the Father, and He pleased the Father by blessing people. Because you cannot separate six from four. Are you with me? We show love for God by how we treat people. Please answer question two. I'll ask you a question, don't answer me. If you're in school, you're studying a, a bachelor's degree in something, why? Why? Now, the ideal response is for the glory of God, but that's not the real reason. Why? To get a good job? Get a better paying job? School fees for your children? Mortgage? A car? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why you want a husband? Because I want one. Will this glorify God? But I want one. You have six children, you want seven. Why? Because I want seven. Listen to me. I was in a South Africa a few years ago in a restaurant. And myself and a young man, were. he took me to lunch. The waitress came, she had a, a metal thing in her chin. I don't know how people do that. You know, anyway. Time a baby's born, they start hammering holes in the baby's ears and eyes. As if God didn't do a good job. Anyway, I said to her, why do you have that? She's, what do you think she said? Because I want to. And I said, sister, you've just responded for almost the entire world. 
I don't want to pick on anyone, but why do you have a tattoo? Because I wanted it. Did you think of God's glory? No. Everyone else had one, I want one. Let's change because I want to into because God wants me to. Are you with me? Because it is for the glory of God. We must make that the thing that drives us for the glory of God. Please answer question two. What's question two? Why am I here? And the answer is for the glory of God. In Psalm 106 verse 3, go there with me then I close. Psalm 106 verse 3, it is a perfect companion text to 1 Corinthians 10.31 which says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. This text is a perfect companion. Psalm 106 verse 3, when you've got found it, say amen. Some of you still looking. Psalm 106 verse 3, then I close. It's not a symbolic text. Blessed are they that keep judgment, finish the verse, and he that doeth righteousness at all times, which means the glory of God is that person's motivation. Why? Because that person wants to do what's right at all times. When you're filling out your taxes, hmm? what should you practice? Righteousness. You're filling out some paperwork for your relative who wants to come to the United States. How should you fill it out? Come on, talk loudly. Mm -hmm. A lot of us will be lost, not because we're so bad, but because God was not first in everything. It's not enough he's first in 99 things. He must be first in everything. Try it. Let us try it. How many of you will say, Father, thanks for opening my eyes and reminded me of what I really already knew. Help me, dear God, to rearrange my priorities that you become first in all things. If you'll say that, can I see your hand? Stand up with me. In all things. When you do that, as I said earlier, God takes over your life and the devil has no chance. I mean none. Because every time Christ and Satan has met, Satan has lost. From the great war in heaven to Calvary. Lost. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for its challenge, dear God. Your word tells us whether therefore we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, do all to the glory of God. When Christ called the Israelites out of Egypt, he said, Ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. A holy nation must be holy 24 hours a day, not just on Sabbath. Father, we must be holy on the job. We must be holy in the supermarket. We must be holy when stuck in traffic. There's no recess from holiness father please give us that power we need day by day making your glory our priority forgive us where we've fallen short day god 
and re-energize us now I pray bless those online let us sleep tonight putting our lives in your hands where they belong if it pleases you to open our eyes in the morning let us recommit that life to your glory I pray in Jesus name let God's people say amen and amen before you sit what will you take from the message someone this side raise your hand and tell us or that side or this side raise a hand let me know who's talking yes yes even if you're in prison your life must glorify God Paul and Silas were in prison were they not an earthquake struck what were they doing panicking singing it led to the salvation of the jailer and his house even in prison in on death row God must be glorified yes sister always put God you see God cannot save you from position two you didn't hear what I said he, he can only save from position one and once God is in position one that's the only position that counts God cannot save you from position two he can only save if he occupies position one in your life somebody else what will you take from the message yes my dear sister genuine forgiveness the way God forgives brings closure mothers when your children hurt you and they say I'm sorry you forget it and they come back and you take them back and they hurt you they come back you take them back they say mommy I'm hungry and he's 47 years old I'm hungry you give him food why he's your son and you carried him you forget because he's suffering when we can forget non-biological people who hurt us forgiveness genuine forgiveness brings closure somebody else what will you take yes my good brother always ask God for direction Psalm 32 verse 8 I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go I will guide thee with mine eye the eye of God is his wisdom someone else what will you take yes my sister I am alive for the glory of God I have no other purpose if I have another purpose it was not given to me by God I am alive for the glory of God now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Let all God's people say, Amen and Amen. God bless you. Drive safely. Keep the speed limit. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.